1: I'm Thomas May. And I'm Zancy Weber. The
2: Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness,
1: and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, Not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge.
2: With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create a safe space where we can talk about being creative we want to build a community of like-minded creatives and help each other subscribe email us and be part of the creative journey
1: this is craving creativity and i am C. weber here with my wonderful co-host thomas my thomas my and today we are on episode nine nine can Almost you believe double digits. it can you believe it? <laughs> you were excited for episode five. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon <laughs> about nine. <laughs> uh, big yeah. milestones. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, and al- almost double digits. So uh, today we have a really interesting topic. We're talking about uh, the zeitgeist versus the test of time. Yes. Yeah, so you brought us this one. So what, what inspired this this topic? Um,
2: so when you make any piece of work creative work in my case it was making movies and you spent at least in a movie you spend millions of man hours because there's so many elements so many people so many departments everything gets together and just finishing a film or a symphony or an artwork or a book is a miracle right I mean yeah because so many things can go wrong so many things can can make it stop some you can sabotage yourself you can finances can run out in the movie, the actors can run away. I mean, there's just so much stuff that can go wrong. If you're writing a book, you can lose all your creative juices, you can lose the plot, you can... Maybe you're the one who loves you leaves you. I mean, so many things can go <laughs> wrong, right? So just finishing something is a major task, yep. right? And then your thing gets out there. And now it's out to, to be critiqued by everyone. Everyone is going to have an opinion about it. And as we talked about before... That's subjectivity, right? When people have an opinion. Some people like
1: horror films. Some yeah.
2: people like, you know, opera. Some, it's just some people like football. I and mean, here I'm talking about soccer. You call yeah. it soccer, but we're all different, right? I,
1: I prefer football to Australian football or rugby. So, <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, saying, Oh, you
2: scored another point in my book. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so when you have finally completed this, you know, big thing then needs to not only pass the zeitgeist. Does it hit something in the current market? Does it hit mm. something? Does it break out something? Is it, is it controversial? Is it revolutionary? Is it, is it something that people are talking about? Is it becoming a, a topic? Um, and that's something that has to hit in that time. And if you do something, a book that could take a year or a movie that can take two or three years, by the time you're done, you might have missed that window. So yep. it has to hit that zeitgeist. And then comes the big, big test, which is the actual test of time. You might have hit something in the site, guys, but then, ten years down the line, twenty years down the line, fifty years down the line, doesn't matter. It doesn't stand the test of time. So I wanted to have this discussion about trying to hit that something that is hip or right right now, where you lead the way versus something that has a profound impact for a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I so. I guess we're talking about something that is really popular right now. Yes, but in two years you won't remember it. Maybe yes. Vers- versus yeah. like something that is well. I guess a great example of this is Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror was critically panned and like just only ever became like a an underground midnight sort of yes. thing. Yes. But it slowly grew yes. in popularity, and then now it is this cultural touchstone. Yes. Fifty years later. Yes. Um, whereas I guess uh oh, maybe the movie Avatar, the with the blue blue creatures on <laughs> on, a, on an alien planet. Yeah. Whereas like this is the biggest movie ever, everyone saw it. Yeah. I I believe it held the box office record until yeah, of course. M- Marvel came along. Yes. And now no one really talks about it anymore.
2: He's coming out with the second, third, and fourth. I mean, he's work, <laughs> and, and been working on it for years. So, yeah, so there might yeah. be a research there. Yeah, another example to stay in the film world is the, is the film Fight Club, which yeah. is based upon a book. Yeah. And when it came out, it, it's, the, the campaign, it's speak to the producers, they say that it was marketed wrong because you always see Brad Pitt, you know, fighting. Yeah. And people thought it was called <laughs> Fight Club. So they go in and expecting it to be a movie about <laughs> boxing. But it's really critique about society, where we're hitting as a human species and yeah, yeah. so forth. So it was deadpanned. But today it's seen as a, as, a, as a masterpiece. It's a really good film. So that, that, that one didn't hit the zeitgeist as much, but it really became stronger afterwards.
1: I would be interested in knowing what your definition of the zeitgeist is and how how yes. long of a time do you think the zeitgeist encompasses because when we talk about zeitgeist we're talking about like what is happening right yes. now what are what are people yes. paying attention to yes. what are they consuming right yes. now yeah. how far in the past and how far into the future do you think that kind of encompasses like everything
2: is give and take there's no rule there's no <laughs> there's no checkbook number that this is the number where it is I mean, let me give you a great example um another movie um big fat greek wedding oh, remember yeah. that movie yeah so if you look at that movie today
1: it's, I'm sorry, I, I, it's
2: not that good. I don't think it's that good. But when I saw it, when it came out, it was really good and it was, yeah. became this big hit. But what had happened prior to that was 9-11, mm. which, of course, the Twin Towers going down New York and the whole world was in shock. And then this beautiful little film came out and it just captures and we all needed to laugh and we all need to believe in love again. We all needed to, so it it hit something in that moment yeah. and it paved the way Whereas I don't think it's going to stay in the test of time. It's not going to go down as one of the, be- the best, uh, <laughs> uh, most romantic rom-com films of all time. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, Harry Met Sally might be on that list, but certainly not like um, my, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. But it does have its moment, but it yeah. hits something at that moment. So I don't know. It, it's, it's, that, that's the challenge with making something because it takes a while. Yeah. right? So let's say, I mean... Um, so many movies were postponed because of of the pandemic, yeah, so absolutely. that's a great example. so you sit there, you're sitting there writing a script, or you sit there writing a book, you're writing a symphony, you you have a band that gets together, you're out to go on a big tour, and guess what the world shuts down, right? No more planes, you can't get in, you can't get out so it, it's it's it, we <laughs> We, one of the hardest things is to predict about the future because we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. So, just just as I guess I said, just finishing your product is 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 it calls for celebration. You <laughs> did it right against all the odds. You, odds you finish something, but then it has to hit that something in the site,
1: guys. Absolutely. And well, you I can't predict are... what the site. Sorry, yeah, you can't. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I've recently watched two movies that yes. I think are really on this point here. One that I think will survive the test of yeah. time. Yes. As much as it ever would yeah. and one that won't. Yeah. Uh, so I recently watched uh, Bo Burnham's comedy special in inverted commas, Inside, yes. which was Bo Burnham basically having a mental breakdown during the pandemic yes. and using his work to kind of talk through it and have okay. social commentary, that yeah. sort of thing. I think that experience is so of the moment of and course. of his generation yes. that he's he speaking to Yeah. that everyone was like, Wow, yeah, this is something different. This yeah. is something that I relate to. This yes. is something very important. Yes, and I was like, yes, it's very good. But I think in one or two years, this is going to mean nothing to people who are watching it to the f- for the first time. Exactly. Whereas I watched a, I don't know whether it's classified as a short film or a feature film because it sits at fifty six minutes. Yeah, um, and it's a horror movie. It's kind of like the Blair Witch Project, but during, uh, during the Quarantine, okay. so it's like just found footage over Zoom of they do a seance and horror movie things start happening. It's very effective. It's very well done. Very well scripted. It's very real, and I think that that's that story in ten years or so will be just as fresh and just uh-huh. as impactful yeah. as it is. Yeah. But the same time period, same sort of themes as well, just one's a horror and one's kind of existential comedy. Um, But I think the history will treat them very differently. Whereas in the zeitgeist, they're fairly similar. I see what you're
2: saying. And that's the thing. You don't know what's going to happen. And you might be that your prediction is going to be the opposite. It might be that, that this was a monumental work, that that was a definition for... Bo Burn? Burnham. Burnham. Yeah. And then this came out to be this masterpiece that will stand the test of time. might be the opposite for horror film. Or who knows? And that's that's what's so beautiful. We don't know yeah. what's going to be <laughs> in the side, guys, when you're making your thing. And you don't know if your film is going to be good enough to stand the test of time. So
1: when you're creating something, as yes. a, say as a film producer, yes. are you looking to tap into what's happening right now? Or are you looking to kind of hit those more... Broad, general historical strokes that like people love a villain and yeah. <laughs> oh, and and they and they love interpersonal drama. let's put them together and create this this timeless story yeah, well
2: it's hard to say because you are inspired by what is happening in the yeah. world and you are inspired by the people you're with and what you're seeing and what's surrounding you, and you do pick up on that, so you know uh, as we're talking right now terrible things are coming out of Kabul, right? I mean, yeah. that's affecting yep. me emotionally because it, it, my heart breaks when I see those things. Um, um, it, it, it's hard to say, um, but from a story structure point of view, I'm a big big fan of the hero's journey yeah which we're gonna talk about i keep saying <laughs>
1: the that's third, from the very first yeah i think the third time i mentioned i'm gonna one. okay so we're gonna put that in a future
2: episode I, I really want i want i'm a big fan of the hero's journey and and the reason why we'll talk about that a different time but yes so i would always go to a more classic structure now it yeah. could take place in the future could take place in the past could take place in the present could take place in in, in whatever time period yeah. or whatever genre you want to be in you're gonna be in horror film you can be in you can be in you can be in uh, in in a science fiction film. It could be a drama, whatever it is. It, it, there's so many variations of it, right? Um, yeah, it does work. But I just like those stepping stone, and maybe it's because it's again. We'll talk about different structures. So I would always go <laughs> more more the classic storytelling elements, yeah. um, definitely, and that's definitely the kind of films that I like to uh, to watch.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I mean, I think when I'm creating something, I very much prefer to. I I very much like to reference what has come beforehand like mm. I I don't like to pretend or assume that I am doing something wholly original or wholly or wholly um wholly my own I yeah. guess I always like to re- refer to what has come beforehand Yeah um and so I think that that is probably at least me trying to tap into that has stood the test of time taking what has worked elsewhere and incorporating it in with the new elements of which I create, which is of the zeitgeist because you can't help but exist in the time mm. when you are existing. Oh,
2: absolutely. How do you make references to things that come before you? How, how do you do that? I'm just So
1: even like, so when, uh, let's say directing, th- directing theater. Yes. So there is, there are, novels and novels and novels and books of reference material Mm -hmm. of methodology that even if you aren't referencing it specifically you're coming from a background of having seen stuff that has been created in this style and put onto stage and so you can't there's no way that you can break out of that entirely without breaking the medium completely Mm. which some people have done I never have because I've never given myself the license to even approach what that would look like. Okay. So when that comes when that comes to terms, like I usually view directing theater through a a movie a mm-hmm. movie lens. Yeah. And when it comes to staging and entrances and blocking and that sort of thing as well as and then bringing the theater out of that because I I view things I watch more movies than I see more than I see plays, so that is how I'm approaching things speaking through the language of film on a stage um so that's kind of how i I'm referring to the the filmmakers that I like when I'm directing a stage show. Got it
2: but um by doing that, are you then pushing yourself to get out of the comfort zone
1: you absolutely so that's yeah. that's my starting. That's my platform. And then what I do is pick the places where I can break out of that to have dramatic effect within the text itself. Mm. So like if there is, if there's a particularly uh, interesting two person scene, you would bring that out of what you would usually see in a film and, put it into a strictly theatrical uh situation by having them like leave the stage so break the fourth wall or exactly. change the lighting to exactly. yeah to split them up across the stage that yeah. sort of thing um bring make the audience aware that what they're watching is not a film it's a play um or, or a stage show yeah i think there's also a re- the word meme um, by Richard, invented by Richard Dawkins, okay. who, controversial figure, but this has nothing to do with religion. Um, the, the meme is basically an idea that functions like a gene and the idea that kind of changes and mutates as it passes through. And memes are just uh, ideas or groups of ideas that we latch onto as humans and carry through. So Richard Dawkins uses that to explain how religions compete with each other by creating the most... Uh, the strongest meme or the mm. set of ideas. Yeah. And I think that is what we're talking about here is like, there are dozens of memes being created every day um, just f- by people existing. Like they see a f- photo of a funny dog, yeah. suddenly it's everywhere on the internet. That's correct. Um, or there's, there's, a, there's a photo of a dress that so we don't know if it's white or blue or black and brown mm. or whatever. Yeah. But then we also have the Mona Lisa, which is yep. just- just an Italian painter, yep. tiny little frame yep. sitting in a museum in France, and yep. suddenly everyone knows what it looks like yep. and can make jokes about it. Yep, because that is a meme that has stood the test of time for yeah. whatever reason. Yes, um, that's true. So that's that. I think that's yep. a really interesting way to discuss these things, and
2: that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, um, this like guy was the, the test of time, and that's a. Da Vinci's masterpiece, you know, yeah, it, it yeah. It's, it's has really stood the test time. <laughs> it's in Louvre in Paris, yes. <laughs> very very beautiful. Um so when you create something, um do you think about uh the, the zeitgeist? I mean, do you do you try to tap into something that's current or is that how you're starting with your theater plays or what See, is your you working
1: usually on? Usually when I'm directing something or if I'm creating something, whether it be a podcast yeah. or a short story or whatever, I I I want to create something that I like. Yeah. And so that's usually how I approach it. Yes. How I analyze that is usually like, what am I not getting from elsewhere? Yeah that I can create. So what doesn't exist? What doesn't exist in the form that I like it? And then how do I create yeah. that? So I think that is automatically a reflection yes. of the zeitgeist or at least a reflection of the shadow of the zeitgeist of like what, where, what is the gap in the market? Yeah. Even though I don't think of it in like market terms, yeah. that is I, really what it is, like yeah. the marketplace of ideas. Yeah, What exists, what doesn't exist there that I can put into the world? Yes,
2: yes. Exactly, it's just because you are inspired by what you do, but because it takes that long time to get it done, you might tap into while you're writing it or, or creating it. Yeah, you're writing about that current period, but then one or two <laughs> years happens, and then suddenly. What you're coming out with is so yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> that expression. So let me give you an example of a band. Um, are you familiar with a British band called The Pet Mode? Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of them. I've seen the concert many times. And and when they came out, when they were only 18, 19 years old, right they hit something in their zeitgeist, and not only do that, but they control the zeitgeist for a long time. Yeah. And. I think it's fair to say, without criticizing Martin Gore or Dave Gahan or any of those guys, that they may, they're not in the zeitgeist anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we can say that because, but they were so fresh for so long. And it happens with, you know, with 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 some bands just coming out and they just hit something like Nirvana. Yeah, we don't know if they would have kept hitting the zeitgeist, but they yeah. certainly hit something right at that moment, right? And then and then there's some bands that just stay. In the guess, forever and gets to the test of time, which is gonna be on one of my top lists today. <laughs> but and then there's other bands that just come out, they have that one hit wonder, or they have that one album, or maybe two albums where they go, Wow. Yeah. And they just hit something. But after that they get either insecure or they wanna get pressured by the record labels or the marketing, the money, the whatever it is, and then it sort of becomes more the same. They don't keep challenging themselves or yeah. don't keep reinventing it and they
1: they miss the mark and it's so hard. How do you feel about the Beatles? So now you already got one of my... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, so didn't, I didn't mean to No, 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 okay. it, but it was like... So, yeah, because so they did change a lot over exactly. their lifetime. So
2: I, I think the Beatles is is one of... So if you listen to this podcast before, we do a top three list of of <laughs> things that we think. In this case, it was standing test of time. So one of my three things on my list today is the Beatles. Yeah. Because, I mean, they came out in the, in the 60s, right? Yeah. And that is... My long time ago, right? <laughs> That's sixty years ago. Yeah, right? absolutely. And their music is still relevant. Their music is still influential. You, you, it you still references in all the pop culture, whether it's movies or books or whatever it is. It's just, it's just so. It's just so the other. There was a speaking of memes or speaking of somebody tapping into Kanye West was doing something with Paul McCartney yeah. at some point, right? And the young people who only know Kanye West like that old guy on the guitar he's about to blow up he's gonna yeah. be very very famous now okay that's Sir Paul McCartney my yeah. friend but the Beatles managed to reinvent and, and become something different but their songs still t- stand the test of time yeah I think that is a it's a
1: perfect example of something that stands the test of time so do you think that something that stands the test of time can be constructed to do that? Or do you think that every artwork is trying to do that and s- some just succeed? I think it's a numbers game. Yeah. <laughs> it's an odds game
2: because you are, as I said, just creating that piece for yourself already yeah. there. You made, you made something right. Wow. Congratulations. It, it, many people have an idea. Yeah. Ideas is millions, millions of seconds, right? It's people who execute that idea. Yeah. Right. And the harder it become, the longer it takes. So, getting four guys together, rehearsing, 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 play cover songs, and then suddenly start developing your own songs and start developing and creating something, right? And... And then going out there, I don't think any of them wants to sit there and think, oh, in 2021, I want people on the radio to talk about the Beatles. Yeah. I, that's, that was not their goal. The goal was to have fun, and they're young, and meet girls, and, you know. They <laughs> did see, say
1: they were bigger than Jesus. <laughs> they did say that at one
2: point, yes. Yeah, so that was in America, just used to provoke and, yeah, and all that yeah. stuff, but they were pretty big at that time, yeah. but maybe not in, in the <laughs> Western part, uh, the, the Bible build of America, but... It's it's, I don't think anybody, of course you, you dream about being, f- I mean, famous, what is that? But you that they deliver something that can stand the test of time. And yeah. I don't think they did it by like, oh, let's create something. I just think they, they just had those created uses and they just, it's a numbers game. <laughs> this, this sounds oh, very think, cynical. Well, but, well, that's another yeah.
1: question is, do you think that fame is a necessary part of standing the test of time? Or can you create a work that just kind of, goes relatively undiscovered but someone reads it in a hundred years time and it is still a very effective piece of work that like say a novel that that is still very effective is that still it's it's unlikely, but yeah. yeah, it can happen.
2: I mean, there's examples. There was a guy in New York. He bought this box of old photographs, uh, undeveloped um, mm. negatives. Uh, negatives. He developed them, and suddenly he discovered this person. Like, it turned into a documentary. So, and this was like forty or fifty years later, and you started to understand this person's life. And it's yeah. just it's an interesting subject. And it's it's but it's it's very unlikely, unfortunately, in, in today's <laughs> world. I think fame is what drives it, and I yeah. think that drive, fame, drives the product I'm saying product and I hate that word when it comes to it but but, but yeah. that's what drive whatever you're selling you know, let's not kid ourselves if yeah. you are in the film business if you're in the in the book business or in your music well, business it's it's in the theater that's a product something. you are you're, yeah. so the, the reason why all the talk show hosts they have all the stars on because the stars are on there to promote yeah a film, a TV, a show, a book, whatever it is, right? So there's a trade-off, right? They can pluck their thing and they get a big star on their show. So yeah. that's the, the mutual contractual obligation. This is what we do for each other. I think the fame is important unless you, of course, are a painter. Yeah. You are completely, <laughs> nobody cares about you. You're poor, yeah. you you live in and, a, until, an attic. Until you, you die. And you can't pay your rent. Uh, you you're pay not producing free, anymore. You pay your food with, with, with paintings. And then when you die, then yeah. you can, might become pay, famous, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then your your paintings will increase in value, and and you or none of your relatives will ever make any money, but somebody else will make money. <laughs> there's, I think that's more the exception to to the rule that somebody discovers them. Very after interesting. I, what do you think?
1: Uh, i I don't think you can. I don't think there's an algorithm that you can no. discover that will no. create something that will stand the test of time. No. I do think that humans are inherently well human society is inherently chaotic and as much as we try to break things down into rules and laws it's just it's just a matter of when you're creating something you have to create something that speaks to you and hope that you'll be able to put it in front of someone else that it affects them and maybe it affects everyone or a great majority of people in an ongoing fashion and i think once you once that happens then then it stands a chance of entering into uh in into the annals of history yes. if if enough people think about it and pass it on. Yes. Um because you're never going to be new forever. It, yeah. it is you become a big be, you become a classic within 10 years now. Yes. Like it, it's not yes. uh, like it used to be 50 years and then it was 30 years. I think it's like 5 or 10 years now. Yes. Um so I think you really just kind of have to create for yourself and and, ho- and if that's what you want, hope that other people discover it. Yeah. Exactly. And
2: I think that's it. And it's also interesting you're saying about passing on the knowledge, right? So yeah. I got a daughter, talked about it before on the show, right? And my dream is one, dream, but once it gets older, right now she's into Disney movies and latest thing is, what was it? The Rapunzel, Tangle, right? That, that's yeah. that's yeah. the level we're at, right? <laughs> but I would like to pass on some of my not my, but the films that I, has meant a lot to me. You know, the films yeah, that absolutely. have influenced me, the films that matter to me, the films that I have really pushed me in a direction. I would like to make a film club for her when she gets older. Yeah, absolutely. And show, once a week show her a movie that just moves her and hopefully she'll bring her friends or not. But it's something where I, I that's my piece of education that I can, besides parenting and guiding her <laughs> and, and loving her and taking care of her feeding her and all these other things, but maybe pass that on so she has that love of, of, of cinema and films that are... But
1: out there. All right. Yes. Well, speaking of love of cinema, yeah. I'm interested to know if there are any movies on your top three list. There is a movie on my. Top so three let's. List. Uh, there's a one movie on mine as well. Oh, there we go. So I have three different mediums, uh, but it's your. your I show. have three <laughs> mediums. I also have three uh, different mediums on, on mine. So. So uh, what, what's your? Uh, so these are these are top three uh, products or works that have stood the test of time. That has stood the test of
2: time that I think people can say, yep, yeah, that's that's true. So the first one is a movie, as you mm-hmm. pointed out, and that's uh, by Charlie Chaplin. And that's The Great
1: Dictator. Absolutely. So we actually have... A, a clip. Yeah, that we're that's going to be from playing. the
2: final scene when he finally becomes the emperor ruler of the whole world. Of course, this for people who haven't seen this, it's a film from 1940 It's a time when the US is still neutral in a war in the World War II in Europe. Um, and Charlie Chaplin plays both a version of Hitler and Mussolini yep. in one character, and then he also plays the poor Jewish bakery man. So he plays two characters who are competing. And at the end of the film Our dictator has won, but then he has this amazing speech because he's got an epiphany. And I think I would like to play is about three minutes and 30 seconds long. Yep. It's very powerful, especially in today's world. And it's from 1940, so it's like 60, oh, I can't (laughs) even count. 81 years ago. (laughs) 81 years ago.
1: Yes. All right. Here it is.
0: But I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile... a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!
2: I don't know about you, but I still get goosebumps. And this is... <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a film from 1940, and it's Chaplin's first non-silent film where he actually talks. Yeah. And... But the speech is so powerful because it's so true and so honest and so, at least in my worldview, right, right.
1: It's also scarily apt. Yes. For eighty years old. Yes. It's still true. True. We still have dictators. <laughs> like we s- we're, but we still like we're still fighting that fight.
2: Oh, we will always fight yeah. that fight, and 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 that's why. This film stands the test of time. Not only this this speech is just amazingly powerful. The film is powerful. It's beautiful. It's funny. It's America. Later gets into the war and they're no longer neutral. But and this is Hitler. This time has invaded Poland. Has invaded France and Denmark and all these things. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a beautiful. I I I still think that this is amazing and that's example for me of something that
1: has stood the test of time. The speech of the movie.
2: Huh. Yeah, well, okay. You want to separate the two? Um, well, no. I'm yeah. just
1: wondering if you if you separate the two, because that is one of the greatest monologues. Yes, like as, as a theater person, like that is a monologue <laughs> that is listed as one of the great monologues. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I th- I think you can't say the speech without mentioning the film, yeah. The Great Dictator, and and, and hopefully, if people have have never watched the film, they will go out and try yeah. to watch the film right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, because it's definitely worth watching, and it's it's a beautiful. Uh, And as you said, it's still so topical. It's still happening today. I mean, we've had, he's talking about dictators will lie and push you, enslave you and make you interfere. And and it's just, unfortunately,
1: that's still true. Absolutely. 81 years later. I'm going to put my film here now as well. Okay. Which is, it's very much about human nature, very similar in a similar way. Similar period as well. 12 Angry Men. Um, So this is 12 men in a jury room yeah. trying to decide whether or not a man is guilty and 11 say yes one says no yeah. and it's just and that is the whole movie the argument of whether or not we can decide the guilt of a man yeah. um this whole movie is just one big discussion on prejudice human nature yeah. uh how we decide how we live our yeah. lives yeah. um this is as effective now mm. as when it, I believe it was first released. Like it is still in my eyes, one of the best movies of all time.
2: It, it's a really good movie. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's very movie. It's based upon a theater play. It was a theater I play. do
1: believe it was a play first. It a single set play. Single
2: set play. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's, you know, 12 men arguing in one room. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. and you have a bench a couple of times, the judge, but I showed it to my wife, um, five years ago, I think. And mm. she was blown away by yeah. it. And, Yeah, it's only men, they're only whites. Of course, it's all these things, which is not
1: right, but it's off the time. But even for the time, it's self aware that they're all the same kind of person. Yes. And they talk about that. Yes. it's very beautiful. It's a lot yeah. of values. I, I really like that film. So I'm so glad you put
2: that on the list. Thank you so much, Sain. I think you're it's welcome. Helpful. And again, <laughs> if you're listening to this, we'll put everything in the show notes. There'll be yep. links to everything. You can find it and check it out. It's a really good. When is When is uh, 12 Angry Men from? When is, you... I
1: think it's 40. I want to say 46. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me just look that up and you can go on with your next. <laughs> okay. uh...
2: I will talk about my next thing. So my next thing uh, is a building. Okay. Yeah. And it's actually in Australia.
1: Oh, 58, sorry. It was... uh, 1958,
2: okay. Uh, It's still black and white, the film. It is, yes. So my second thing is is a building, and it's in Australia, and it's the Opera House
1: in Sydney. Okay, yeah.
2: And that was built in 1973 and became a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2007. And then it is such an iconic building. Yes. And talking about creating, creating something that's unique, that's different... And um, there's, there's many stories about how he went, but basically, the story I heard is that there was a committee to made up all these. Australians, and there was supposed to be this expert American coming in. He was late for the meeting, and they all looked at this, uh, the, uh, the slides of this one and said, no, this is, this is too <laughs> controversial. That's the story I, I heard. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. It's, it was told by a tour guide at the Sydney <laughs> Opera House, so that's the authority I have from it. And then this American showed up like half an hour, 45 minutes late to the yeah. meeting and said, no, no, let's just go through things again. And he saw this, and said, this is the one. Gentlemen, this you cannot pass. This is the one we should do. And he convinced yeah. them, apparently, that they should all give the uh, reward to this. And I'm connected to this in one way because I'm Danish, and the architect, Jan Utsen, is, of course, also Danish. Um, lots of controversy with him and, and the city of Sydney and yes, the build yeah. phase. And he <laughs> pulled out. He took all the plans with him. He ret- tr- he left and never came back. They had to get another. Anyway, but let's, let's forget all about all that. Let's, for- <laughs> let's, let's look at how beautiful the building is. And... Whether you have ever been to Australia, to Sydney, you've seen it live or you've seen it in pictures, it's just so iconic. Yeah. And you it, see it and you know exactly what exactly. are. Exactly. It is yeah. a unique building. And apparently he was cutting an apple. No, sorry, an orange. Yeah. And the shells is from that he caught this orange in different way, and suddenly he saw this shape when it was lying down, and like, wow, that's very interesting. And that's why he came up with those sails or boats or whatever you yeah. call them yeah. that they are. So that's inspired by this orange. And
1: yeah, awesome. Part- I mean, that is. I mean, that is. It's at least Sydney is it, Sydney's, if not Australia's, like Chrysler Building or Empire State. Exactly
2: that, and the kangaroo, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the koala bear. But yes, um, I just think it's 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 a. It was fresh and modern
1: back then, and it's yeah. fresh and different
2: today. It's Still different. Yes. There, there's no no,
1: and weirdly, it hasn't been copied. Like there aren't that's there aren't a be, lots point. of like replications of that's a good point. It around the yeah, world. So that's a
2: good point. Um, I just think uh, it's apparent. It's, it was before the pandemic, Australia's biggest tourist attraction, and that's just I was. I was living in Sydney at one point and um, I went down there with my dad. He was coming to visit me. He really wanted to see two in together and they have tours starting every 15 minutes with 30 yep. people. I mean, <laughs> just all day long from morning till night. Just tours running through <laughs> and of course there's concerts and things and yep. happening. But it's also the location. It's right next to the Botan- Botanical Gardens. It's right in Sydney Harbour with a all the right traffic. Right the harbour, yeah. It is... Beautiful spot with also with the, with the bridge and, and and I mean it's just it's 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 amazing. So I'm um, hats off to uh, to to that building. I I I think it's it's
1: beautiful. Absolutely. Well, I don't have a building, but I do have an architectural feature. <laughs> if you stretch the imagination. Okay,
2: well that's what we are all about here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so mine is actually a fresco. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Mona Lisa before, but this is uh, the Last Supper. Yeah. Um so this is the iconic painting of Jesus standing behind a table with uh thirteen people, arrayed around him. And so this 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 piece has been replicated so many times in like so many different mediums, just making reference to like this this Mm. central figure Mm. being praised and the center and why everyone's on one side of the table and no one's on the other side of the table. Yeah. Um mostly comedically, but like this image has just traveled through oh, media yeah. since it since i guess the rise of the catholic church yes like, um it it from popularized the, this image of jesus this white um this white bearded man yeah. with glowing robes and and etc etc um and among all of da vinci's work i think the last supper is probably the most well-known mm-hmm. um even though mona lisa is the mona lisa yeah i think the mona lisa isn't just because it isn't as dramatic as yes. the Last Supper, yeah. the Last Supper has all these little interactions which mm. reward closer inspection, yes. and you can make fun of it yes. and or reference it, and yep. yeah, so yeah, the Last Supper, I, I think it's absolutely beautiful, and and and
2: I, I've been lucky to see it uh, live in person. So, oh really? Yeah, so in Italy, so yeah, that's where it is, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's absolutely, I was just thinking when you said that, uh, comic reference, Mel Brooks does an amazing (laughs) sketch, (laughs) the uh, the world, what's the film called, Uh, the history, world history? Uh, The the,
1: uh, short history of the universe, or, uh, uh, yeah, the the Mel Brooks history of the world. Yeah,
2: Mel Brooks history of the world, where he comes in, he's a waiter at the Last Supper, and he just comes in to try to take the order, (laughs) it is, (laughs) yeah, I'm not trying to make fun of religion, but it is very, very funny. Some, I, one amongst you will betray me tonight. <laughs> and he goes, anybody for ordering? Judas, <laughs> Judas, <laughs> Judas. Well, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, History of the World, Part One. Part One. Yeah, he never made a Part Two, but uh, I think we spoke about Mill Brooks on another yes, uh, episode, yeah. I and mean, he's definitely a, a comic genius. Um, so, yeah. What's um, number three? Uh, well, number three, we already talked about. That's the Beatles. The Beatles. So you know, they're the four uh, four boys from uh, from Liverpool. Um, yeah. Some I, more I, effective than others, some more, more effective than others, to but, the test of
1: time. but the Beatles is are the, will always be the Beatles. The Beatles will always be the Beatles. I mean,
2: and then of course you have three of them at least having amazing solo careers afterwards. Yeah. Um and then creating all their own works, uh, which also yeah. is very good, but the Beatles is still amazing. So yeah. And I, I think
1: uh, that's that's definitely a test of things that have stood the test of time is how many other works reference them. Yes. So, and how many, how many other artists they've inspired? Yes. Um, and I think the Beatles yeah. are un- uncountable what they've inspired in the world. Yeah.
2: Did you have you talked about the film yesterday?
1: No, I've seen it, but yeah. I haven't. We haven't. We haven't spoken no. about it. No.
2: So again, that's that's a modern take of, but it's a it's a celebration of. Yeah, Beatles catalog of how yeah. amazing and strong it is you put Ed Sheridan in there who is a great songwriter today but even he has to admit my god this yeah. catalog is just <laughs> this writing is is a superior if you don't know the story a guy has a blackout and hit up by a in, box
1: in a world where the Beatles don't exist they don't
2: exist they're not there and so but he wants so he to, starts releasing their songs he wants to be famous <laughs> for any cost and he's not very good so he starts playing their songs and it's, 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 it's a good film I liked it I thought yeah. it was done well and Example of uh, the hero's journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, structure-wise, it fits in there. So, um, okay, we're going to do an episode
1: on the hero's journey. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying it. We'll do that. Good thing we're not running out of any material soon. What's mm. your last one?
1: Uh, look, I, I would actually put this up against the Beatles yeah. um, for having stood the test of time and, again, having inspired so many other texts and artists over the period of time is Romeo and Juliet. And this mm. Shakespeare. I think Shakespeare has... I mean Macbeth probably also um, would be up there, but I think Romeo and Juliet uh, is the is a thing that was popular when it existed and has remained popular ever since. Every ten years or so, we get another movie. Yeah. There have been so many plays based yeah. on it, so many books based on it. Just the idea of the the forbidden romance that yeah. brings these two feuding families f- together, actions yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and I think that. Uh, even the the fact that the text is still studied and uh, and performed in its original form yeah. is testament to absolutely. the power of Shakespeare. Of, of absolutely, it, yeah. I mean he's just yeah, yeah,
2: it's 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 amazing. I I, I agree with you. Um, I liked Baz Luhrmann's uh, film yep. of uh, it was like twenty thirty years ago now. It's a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, but early two thousands, I think. When DiCaprio was still uh, <laughs> a young man. No, he's, I guess he's still a young man, but uh, he was definitely much younger. Yes, <laughs> and he's a Claire Danes? and it? anyway? It's a great take. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it's a it's a it's it's a classic story of um of love. And sacrifice and Well, really, love at all costs. Yeah, love at all yeah. costs. But also if you can't have you, I will not be able to be with anybody and yeah. dying for love, literally speaking.
1: Yeah. Yep. Which is and and well, but also like the power of uh uh I guess shame is the the, the families that drive them yes. to to death, yes, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And so exactly. Wow, that was um that was really good that was a good list it's a good list it's a long episode but yep. I'm glad you stuck with us so long yep. uh, you feel free to send us an email if you have a topic that you would like us to cover um, or reach out in any other way that you wish to um, give us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice whether that's Apple or whether that's Podchaser or uh, Stitcher wherever you're listening Spotify. on Spotify I don't think you can rate on Spotify but if you can do and let your creative friends know that we exist Please. Yeah. Yeah. Share Do with that. your friends. Thank you. All right. Well, I've been Zancy C. Weber here with Thomas Mike. And we'll catch you next episode. Absolutely.